Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Live from the corner of Broadway and Battery. the Friday before the Super Bowl. You're officially allowed to talk about the Super Bowl on the Friday before the Super Bowl. The Thursday before the Super Bowl, I don't think football made the show. We were deep in the NBA trade deadline throughout the entirety of yesterday's show. And because all of our questions to Steve Kerr, had he been able to join us today, we're going to be about the trade deadline, what the Warriors did, moving on from James Wiseman, bringing back GP2. Uh, that's obviously what we wanted to know about. And Steve can't talk about that yet because the trade has not gone through. Hello, Raymond. How are you? The trade has not gone through yet. That's it's right. It's still pending a physical of one of the second round draft picks. <laughs> it's one one of the five second rounders holding this up. There's a kid who, you know, was going to lead the Patriot League. But his knee right now is a little wonky coming out of Marister, whatever school he's coming out of. I don't know. What league is Marist in? God bless him. Oh, they're not. They're, I think they're it's in the It's not the Patriot League. Yeah. Well, Metro Atlantic. Yeah, so that's my Iona Gales. I don't know if Marist was in that or not. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The whole point is Steve Kerr's not joining us today because we can't ask him the questions that you want of him and only hard-hitting Big boy interviews <laughs> is all we offer you here on 95.7 The Game. So we just said, Steve, take the week off. Maybe we'll talk to you twice next week. We'll kind of I wrap up. I think he said he would take everything. the week off. No, well, well, here's the thing. Raymond Ritter, as good as he is as a media guy, he was talking to Lucas about all this today and saying, look, Steve will be more than happy to come on with you. But there's just certain things that you want to talk about that he can't talk about. So we said, tell Steve, have a great Friday. Because if we can't talk about that, there's no real reason to drag him through all the questions for the performative, yeah, we asked them, even though we can't talk. And so we, 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 here's the thing, we, we don't need the song and dance. I think we'll talk to him a couple times next week. Or maybe just oh. one big interview next week. I think he might resign if that were the case. We'll figure it all out. It's too bad that we can't have him on today, because what a week it really was for Sports Talk Radio here in the Bay Area. This was more than just the slow-rolling week leading up to the Super Bowl. It really was. And maybe that is the the beauty of the Super Bowl being pushed back so far that the NBA trade deadline actually falls during Super Bowl week. Because I don't remember that happening in the past, but it sure did this week. And look, this was the week that the former number two pick in the NBA draft was traded away. What he was supposed to be, what James Wiseman never became. I mean, we can teach a class on this one day, Ray. And we still don't really know the lesson plan that got away because we don't know who he is yet as a player, but what a weird gray area in which to operate for three years. Not only for James Wiseman, but for this organization. The plans that they had for him and what didn't happen are, you know, way on the opposite ends of the spectrum. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, you, you can't miss by much more than those two ships did. I mean, even Michael Olawa Candy was of more use to the Clippers. But, you know, now that the deal is done, it's not one that I think is going to be revisited very often because I don't think that the Warriors can say, God, if we had him, 
we could have been good because they were good last year without him. So I think one of the reasons why they were good last year is now back in the room. Gary Payton is second. And he's supposed to make his debut tomorrow night against the Lakers. The Warriors start their 27-game sprint to the playoffs against a re-dealt, reshuffled Western Conference. They need him. They need him. They need to beat the Lakers. They need to keep winning at home, almost win out at home, as they continue to struggle on the road. So this is a very important game for the Warriors tomorrow night. They want all hands on deck. It would be a shame if whatever was holding up the Steve Kerr interview today was holding up minutes that he can give them tomorrow. Um, I was looking at their defensive ratings last year in the regular season and in the NBA Finals when you had Gary Payton, Draymond Jr., uh, or Draymond Green, and uh, and Andrew Wiggins all out on the court together. They were a significant defensive presence in the NBA. And boy, do the Warriors need to reduplicate what was a significant defensive presence. They need a bad. I don't know if Gary Payton is going to show up as the player that he used to be, Ray. But even 80% of who he used to be should make this defense 50% better than it's been. If he's only 80%, though, I think other than other than Green, everybody else is about 80% of what they were a year ago. So I think they're looking forward to him being better than that. Um, I mean, it's not like he's not well-rested. You know, he's missed the first 40 games of the year with an injury, and it's just now gotten back into full playing shape. I think they are I think they are fully expecting him to be as good as he was, especially in the one area that they've been particularly bad, which is setting up transition defense. Is you know, they they play at too high a tempo for that defense to to thrive and I think the reason why they did this deal was to put a stop to that or to try to put a stop to it. So we have all of our guests appear on the Bud Light guest line. Bud Light, easy to drink, easy to enjoy. We have a couple of our irons in the fire. We'll see, but no formal guests booked as of right now. Uh, So that might be all you hear about the Bud Light guest line today, which means we got open lines and we got an awful lot to talk about. I mean, my God, let's just, you know, we'll we'll, we'll get to an awful lot of Super Bowl stuff here. By the way, there are some prop bets, Ray, that are officially brand new served up for this time of our lives that we are living in that I have never seen before. Did you know that you can bet at the Super Bowl whether or not the game will be stopped by a male, a female, or a trans person running out on the field. That is an actual on-the-board prop bet. Will the game be stopped by a trans protester? You want to talk about okay. a, a new prop bet you'd never heard before, right? I, I, I mean, the the odds against that seem, would seem to be large. So not, yeah. It's on the board, Ray. But the thing that I find most interesting about the gambling is not the prop bets. Is this bill in Congress that just been introduced? I don't even know what you're talking about. Well, then I'll tell you. A congressman in New York has introduced a bill that would ban gambling advertising. If you want to see panic in the streets, wait, wait to see if that gets enacted. Because if it does... A lot of big plans for a lot of big companies are going to collapse. It's not going to happen. It probably won't happen, but yeah. what we're going to see is we're going to see a level of lobbying that we didn't even see for the gambling propositions here in the, during the election um, back in November. And they got roundly trounced then. So they're going to, they and the networks for sure, are going to hurl money at this as though... You know they had they had the anti venom to every snake bite ever, but you're you're going to see some serious bribery now. Gambling is the new gold mine that everyone is trying to run towards in sports. There's no way they're going to allow a bill to shut down that gold mine. Well, they'll have to figure out either a way around it, or they're just going to have to start buying people in in the open, and that's what I, I'd like to see that on C-SPAN. By just the way, guys getting like literal satchel stuffed with money. 
Just to let you know that uh, maybe we're not quite nearly as uh, outrageable as we used to be, which we all know is a huge fat lie. Have you ever seen less made of a commissioner's State of the Union than what Roger Goodell... Roger Goodell sits down every single Super Bowl week and the entire media gets to question him and there's usual... You usually like a level of outrage or a topic that everyone tries to get the soundbite that burns him down or proves him a fool. And then everyone goes hand wringing on how they got the commissioner and he's just the worst. And he's the oh, I hate that guy. Blah, 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 blah. Nothing. Well, nothing this nothing this week because tactically the NFL did a brilliant thing and put him from Friday when there isn't much news to Wednesday where you still have player availabilities and the truth is they don't want Roger Goodell out in public they they like the fact that they can carry on business without him saying anything because he did say some absurd things starting with I think our officiating has never been better under normal circumstances, if he says that on a Friday, it's the talking point of the day because Friday is rel- a relatively empty day at the Super Bowl. Wednesday is crowded with other stuff, and that's why they put him there. They wanted him to be invisible, and it's worked. I mean, the fact that we don't have anyone dovetailing off of what was said on Wednesday into let me try to fan the flame a little bit just to get us through Friday. I mean, like, here's the thing. Whatever he said, it couldn't have been that outrageous because it literally, I mean, I remember in the 49ers Ravens Super Bowl in New Orleans, this was right after, you know, Roger had hammered the Saints with the whole, um, you know, affect the head stuff around the 49ers. Uh, had suspended Sean Payton for the year. Uh, they were literally saying, if you see Roger Goodell out in New Orleans, don't tell anyone where he is. Like He is that unsafe in the city of New Orleans. People are that mad at the commissioner this year. We're, please do not disclose his location. Uh, no, Nobody's worried about telling you where the commissioner is going to be this year. No, well, I'd be surprised if he even shows up the game. I mean, he he has learned that less of him is better for him. Well, they hit him right in plain sight. No, yeah, exactly. Because Wednesday is a perfect day if you're trying to get not to be noticed. I mean, because there's there's everything else going on. It's the the Super Bowl has always been a story that when the week starts, it's very crowded on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Thursday it tapers off. Friday there's almost nothing. In fact, Brian Curtis did a story in The Ringer about Radio Row. Yeah. That basically they divide guests up by the day of the week. Oh, yeah. And the worst day of the week is Friday because mostly everybody at Radio Row is trying to get to the airport. Uh, Thursday apparently is the is the you want to be a Thursday day. guest absolutely yeah. Ray and you're so, more you're more of a Tuesday I got to be honest oh I'm a I'm a previous Sunday at 4 a.m. We're brought to you by CalHope.org here Damon and Ratto it's great to have you we'll figure it out as we go along we got an awful lot on the dust that hasn't quite settled around the NBA trade deadline we've got the Super Bowl coming up on Sunday we're going to dive into that game of course. And we got some NFL postseason awards to get into and much more to recap and something that's been a, it's really been a hell of a week for sports talk radio. So don't you go anywhere. It's good to have you here. Damon and Rado on 95.7 The Game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. Friday before the Super Bowl. Great to have you here. Thanks for stopping on by. And congratulations, Ray, are in order. We have our NFL postseason awards and no surprises at all. Nick Bosa, uh, your defensive player of the year. Really, the only surprise in the defensive player of the year category is that Micah Parsons didn't get a single first place vote. A lot of people thought that the Dallas Cowboys uh, linebacker, edge rusher would you know, at least get a vote. But uh, did not happen. Bosa had 46 of the 51st place votes. Hassan Reddick got a couple of votes. Chris Jones, Quinnen Williams. Uh, I don't want to say that those guys are total hometown hacks because Chris Jones, Quinnen Williams definitely had good seasons. Ad did did Hassan Reddick, but Bosa was very close to being being named unanimous here, Ray. I mean, he was, he was that close. And when you're that close to being unanimous. I can't help but think maybe maybe there is a little hometown hackery. No, I mean not everybody has to look at the game the same way. And Hassan Reddick had an extraordinary season. He had a very good year, very good year. Just, As did Quinn and Williams. Yeah, I mean, it just it. I don't trust votes that are unanimous because there are a lot of people who will vote that just because eh, everybody else is voting for the guy. Why don't I? I mean, use your own judgment. If your judgment's different, if it was somebody other than one of those three guys. I'd say, well, that's probably hometown hackery. But all those guys are qualified to have a first-place vote in one way or another. Nick Bosa joins uh, Dana Stubblefield back in 97. Deion Sanders in 94 is the only 49ers players to win Defensive Player of the Year. He led, uh, had a career high, led the league with 18.5 sacks. He had 51 tackles, two forced fumbles, 58 quarterback pressures. He did not have the postseason that he wanted, Ray. No doubt. He did not have the postseason that the 49ers, you know, maybe even needed him to have to have gotten past the Philadelphia Eagles. But the truth is, the reason why they didn't get past the Philadelphia Eagles is because the Eagles were a very, very good team that was able to cause a, a terrible injury. And that's another part of this is, you know, this, the, the Super Bowl is always a little weird. And I think it's going to be weird for 49ers fans as they watch the game on Sunday. You know, I mean, it's, it's not a carefree watch if you're a Niner fan. Like, you got a lot of questions. Especially if it's a loud Chiefs victory. I don't think it's going to be a loud Chiefs victory, but if this really were to get ugly, an overwhelming afternoon for the Kansas City Chiefs against Philadelphia, there's going to be regret, there's going to be pain, there's going to be a little remorse. Um, it's, if you're a Niner fan, this is, this is not just going to be an easy breezy Super Bowl to watch. 
Well, either way, because those were the two teams that beat them most soundly. Yeah. So either way, if you want to drench yourself in schadenfreude, that'll be it. Because I don't know that a lot of people looked at the 49ers as being better than Kansas City either. So I think either way, if, if you want to be miserable, you you have an avenue. Frankly, if I were you, I'd drink. I mean, it's it's good advice on a Super Bowl Sunday. It's been a long week waiting around. For it's certainly unnecessary advice. <laughs> it's 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 been a long week. Again, the, the Eagles are good. There is no doubt about it. They knocked the quarterback that they were playing out of the game, and then knocked the second quarterback that they were playing out of the game. And on some levels of, uh, you know, you got to appreciate big bad defenses. You got to appreciate that. You got to appreciate that. That is the sport of football. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's at least two two moments during a game where the, the defense had free reign of the other team's backfield. I would like, and that wasn't the only time that happened either. I'd like to offer you this, though. I'd like to offer you this. If you're a, you know, a 49ers fan who needs a little, a little someone else's misery to feel good in. If you're a Niner fan and you're also a Warriors fan, and if you're a Warriors fan. Wasn't watching the Nets fall apart while your team won another championship about as delicious and awesome as sports schadenfreude actually gets? Yeah, but I think this is like the one question that I wanted to ask Kerr about today where I almost said, yeah, let's have him on anyways, because he would have hated this question. But he's got to feel great. He's got to feel great that everything Kevin Durant left him to be blew up immediately on Kevin Durant, and that whole thing is over and Curry winning a championship without Durant, which I think absolutely broke Kevin Durant mentally, uh, is is it's just beautiful. It's everything that sucks for the 49ers right now. If you're a Warriors fan, you retroactively fit the Schadenfreude to the Nets now being the super team that never was super. It's it's fantastic. It really is. But I think that's a national feeling. I don't think there's anybody who follows the NBA, no matter where they are that doesn't look at that implosion and go, yeah, I'm for that. Because, and this is more about Irving than it is about Durant. It's, they saw a super team assembled for all the wrong reasons and all the wrong ways. And then when they had to make an adjustment, when one of the members wanted out, they actually made the team dramatically worse with the trade they made. So they couldn't have been more wrong from the get they stayed wrong, and it got worse and worse the longer it happened. It was 43 months of clown act. It's like a com- it, it, it's compound interest of bad decisions. Yeah, I mean, you know, getting Irving, dicey. Getting Durant, good sign. Getting James Harden, iffy, but, you know, you can work with it. And then almost immediately, it went south. And it went so south that it hit Tierra Del Fuego by the end of year two. And the fact that it lasted as long as it did after that is a testament to Brooklyn's refusal to admit the mistakes it made over and over and over again. And now they have to own it all. Because at this point, I look at that team and if they get in the play-in, they'll be lucky. I actually hope the Brooklyn Nets win the championship now. Wouldn't that be great? They get rid of KD. (laughs) They get rid of KD and Kyrie and then they're champions. Those two guys would have to leave the country if that happened. Yeah. The only bad thing about that, though, is it means that Joe Tsai gets to have a ring. And he's one of the guys who screwed this up. He is. I mean, that's what nobody escapes this one except Steve Nash, who got handed an uncoachable team and then got blamed for not being able to coach it. Hey, they didn't need coaches, Ray. I mean, they told you that right in their introductory well, press conference. Kyrie did, and no, it just it's it, it's going to go down in history as the worst example of high level roster construction, maybe in the history of sports. In his very first press conference as a Maverick, Kyrie Irving was asked about teaming up with Kevin Durant in the first place, and the amount. Like, dude, Kyrie Irving is one of the most fake intellectual, just, I don't, he, there's a part of him that is clearly a really smart guy. 
And there's another part of him that is like the softest underbellied of 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 just a, a generation that didn't learn how to take responsibility for a single thing that ever happened to it. It, it listen to Kyrie Irving talking about Kevin Durant, just how on another level of reality he lives on. We came together in about 2018, 19, um, kind of when that finals happened, and we weren't coming together to plan what team we were going to, but uh, we just had goals together, and it wasn't just as a duo. We we were. Uh, seeing ourselves as savants in the culture that we wanted to teach the youngins and if we got some young guys that were willing to sacrifice and buy into what we got going on then we were going to flourish we felt um, but it just didn't work out and we still remain brothers but it is a business at the end of the day as we always say and I got to look out for my family and ultimately I want to be at peace every time I come into work rather than things hanging over my head or, or wondering what people think about me in the building or whether or not a report's going to come out tomorrow that I don't talk to my teammates, which is untrue. And then, you know, I just felt like being in New York City in the media capital of the world, there was so many things that leaked out that I don't even know where they came from. And I'm answering things that I don't deserve. And ultimately, I don't pay attention to that much. So I'm just grateful that I got to move on and I'm here. Okay, two things. There's a reason why you listen to this show, this host every single day. It's because he tells you what's going to happen before it usually happens. Ray, do you remember? I mean, this is back when it was you, me, and Kolsky, right? Like, that's how long ago this was when I told you guys definitively, neither Kevin Durant nor Kyrie Irving is cut out for New York. New York will eat those two guys alive. Do you remember me telling you that? And he just admitted, yeah, we, we couldn't kick that. We couldn't handle it, not for a second. Well, you know what, though? That's cowardice because he's the reason why it all collapsed in terms of, like, the media. Because he's the one who wouldn't get the vaccine. He's the one who, you know, tweeted out that anti-Semitic film. He misjudged every element. Yeah. Every element of the relationship. And the truth is, the media wasn't nearly as hard on them as, as on him as he was on himself. I mean, he was... The self-inflicted wound that kept shooting himself. Did you hear? They fancied themselves savants. Yeah. They were savants in the culture. This is, this is bigger than basketball. These two guys were literally going to go to Brooklyn together and change America as we knew it. Well, <laughs> come on. The, yeah. You get over yourselves, you idiots. Yeah. Well, he's the one who said that. I mean, I don't think Durant was thinking, well, we'll change the culture. I think... He wanted to be the guy who decided what a roster would be. That's not changing the culture. That's simply you know, exchanging an active player for a working general manager. And the real failure here is that Kyrie Irving wasn't on board for the basketball stuff as much as Durant was. And I think to a certain extent, that chafed Durant because Durant's a basketball player. And I don't think he fancies himself an avatar of the culture. I think he, he's a gym rat. He he's loves a, He's playing. a gym rat with a multimedia company that extends its tentacles into every single reach of media. Like, but he, you know, he, he can, he can claim the, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm all about just going to the gym and shooting around. And in some ways he is, but in other ways he is deeply invested into the product, but of being content, but that's being part of the culture, not changing it, changing the culture simply laughs in the face of the one central truth of all sports and all business, which is the guy with the money is the guy who gets to determine the culture. And the guy at the money is Joe Tsai, who's worth, I think, he was worth $12 billion when he bought the team. I think he's worth $8 billion now. And I'm sure part of that is COVID. I'm sure part of that is he probably was neck deep in crypto too. In fact, I don't know if you saw this, but they're estimating that Tom Brady dropped about 45, mil, 45 million himself. Yeah, 80 combined, him and Giselle. Yeah. They were in deep. Yeah, deep, I mean, deep, just, deep. I, a lot of people were. I'd still love to know how much Curry sunk into that, but that's a digression. Um, no, I think I think Kyrie Irving was the guy with the big dreams outside of basketball, and he failed every time to recognize the fact that there's a gravitational pull on everything in America, and it's determined by the richest guy in the room, 
Because it's always determined by the richest guy in the room. Well, and basketball teams are determined by the most talented guy in the room, which meant, Kyrie, you were never anything that resembled Batman in this relationship. You were going to be Robin. But no, Kyrie really fancies himself a complete equal of Kevin Durant. And he just, you know, as a basketball player, he's not. He's really good. He's really good. But the amount of nonsense that he carries with him every single day means he can never be on the level of Kevin Durant. By the way, that nonsense, it's not like he dropped the bags off before he gets to Dallas. And I believe Kyrie and Luka will be playing their first games together tonight uh, against the Sacramento Kings, as a matter of fact. Luka, oh, Luka is out still? I thought Luka was coming back. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, they scratched him today. All right. Well, light the beam, baby. Here's Kyrie in his first postgame press conference. Again, still talking about Kevin Durant. I'm just praying for his happiness and praying for his well-being. Praying for his happiness. Praying for his well-being. He's, he's, he's been in Fallujah, Ray. Praying for his well-being. Just pr- I'm praying for Kevin Durant. He's, he is facing East and praying for Kevin Durant right now. Shut up. I'm praying for Kevin Durant. You guys are so soft. Anyway. I'm just praying for his happiness and praying for his well-being. Uh, we had a lot of conversations throughout the year of um, you know what our futures were going to look like. There was still a level of uncertainty. Uh, but we just cared about seeing each other be places that uh, we can thrive. And whether that be together or whether that be apart, there's never been one moment where I felt like um, he's been angry at me for decisions I've made or I've been angry at him. Um, we've just tried to understand each other a lot better and um, grow as human beings, grow as brothers. Um, you know, his business changes so quickly. Um, he's getting a little bit older. I'm getting a little bit older. I just love the competition now that we can be in the same conference and, and I welcome all that. You know, get to see him a little bit more, probably playing against Phoenix a lot more and um, that's what I'm looking forward to. Everything else in, in between, I, I just am glad that uh, he got out of there. I look forward to seeing him a little bit more. What are you talking about? You were teammates. What are you talking about? Ray, I'm looking forward to seeing you a little bit more, not during the show, but before the show and after the show. Because apparently we don't see each other during the show. What is he talking about? I look forward to seeing him more. You will now officially be seeing him less. I mean, if, you know, there's an no, ac- no accountability, yeah. just no accountability. You I, know, we didn't, he never held me responsible for any choices I made. I never held him responsible for anything he did or didn't do. It's team no accountability right there. Well, if you believe that, I'm not sure that I do because I'm usually very skeptical about utterances from podiums. But I think the fun part will be if they play each other in the first round, which is certainly very possible. Because Phoenix is about, you know, they're going to make a move because they they improve themselves more than anybody else, and Dallas right now is fourth. And you know, even though they're only a game ahead of New Orleans now, I, I think they're going to hold that advantage. So they'll end up fourth. Uh, the Suns will end up, you know, they could end up third, but more likely they end up fifth. That means they they play in the first round. I mean, and that's we'll find out how close they are. Because all of a sudden, now they've got to deal with each other face-to-face. And, you know, again, I, I, I'm i going to rely more on on whatever Kevin Durant says about this relationship than Kyrie Irving. I, I, I've stopped listening to, to Kyrie Irving. Often. No, you haven't, because I got one more soundbite for you. Oh, you're killing me. Yeah, James, and we were supposed to be the super team. Like, I, I think uh, I would like to say something, too, about the super team of me, James, and KD that everyone thinks should have worked. Uh, we played very limited time together, and there were a lot of injuries and things that took place, and I would have liked to see that work for the long term, but... Um, there are no mistakes, no coincidences, and got to move forward. But um, I'm happy that I could look back on that journey and reflect and say I learned a lot of things from those guys and my teammates in Brooklyn um, and just my journey throughout this. No mistakes, no coincidences. In other words, no one is responsible for anything. You are totally walking through life just bouncing around on the ether Because there are no mistakes and there are no coincidences and there are no choices. It's all predestination and all just, I mean, good Lord. No wonder why James Harden looked at you and said, get me the hell away from this incense burning fake intellectual. Get me away from him. I don't care how good of a basketball player. There are no coincidences. 
no mistakes. There are always mistakes. There are always coincidences. And there are always choices. Because choices lead to whatever else, you know, the universe is going to throw back at you. I mean, no act is op- is performed in a vacuum. This is this is something that could have worked, could have worked greatly, but Kyrie Irving didn't have full buy-in to the notion that he's a basketball player, and which is fine. You get to be whatever you want to be, but it flies in the face of the work of the people you work with, and that's where this blew up. I'm sorry. Here's a great question from the Xfinity Mobile text line. Why does Kyrie speak to us like we don't follow what he does? <laughs> That's a great because, question. And here's the thing. He thinks he can rewrite things because you, the, the, the problem, as far as Kyrie is concerned, is your misinterpretation of everything he's done. Everything oh. he's done deserves no accountability. There's never been a mistake. There's never been a coincidence. And you've gotten it all wrong because you're not on the, you know, level of understanding that he exists on. Oh, it's just hysterical. No, that I mean, that that's probably the biggest flaw he's got is that when you believe you're the smartest guy in the room, typically you may be the dumbest because the smartest people in the room recognize that in some areas, somebody else in the room is smarter at this one thing or that one thing. He he does have a facility for talking down to people. And I think those people resent it, which is why, as I said before, the nation is delighted that the Nets imploded. It's not just Bay Area fans. It's the nation. They'd been looking forward to this thing collapsing. They just didn't know that it was going to collapse this way. Look at it this way. If you weren't a Warriors fan, you pretty much hated Kevin Durant to the Warriors. The Nets were so hated. The people who hated Kevin Durant on the Warriors were like, fine, send him back to the Warriors. I'm cool with that. Just get rid of that. Well, because that was that was your, your standard player acquisition. That was, I want to go to a place where I can win. And he went to a place, and he won. You know, people understood that. What people didn't understand about the Brooklyn thing is not so much that those guys gathered together. It's that as soon as they gathered together, Kyrie tended to wander off. You know, I'm, you know, I'm not having the vaccine. And then I'm going, you know, he just he he always managed a way to turn it away from the basketball. Now, when they played, they were sensational including this year when they were like 18, 18 and three at one stretch when they were both on the floor. But it wasn't, it wasn't like that often enough to make this worthwhile. And ultimately, and you know, you talked about this yesterday, um, you know, when Joe Tsai decided to get rid of Irving and then get rid of Durant, I get why logically you don't have to trade Durant. But I think... He was so fed up with Irving that moving him was easy, and then he was then after the meeting. I don't know if you read the Ramona Shelburne piece about how that trade came off. I did. That we 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 got a, a one of the irons in today's late fire. guest edition. Fire is down to Ramona. She's on the air in L.A. till about four o'clock. If she can hop off the air and join us, she okay, will. Well, then I won't get into too much detail in case we do get her. But she basically reiterated. What the Warriors said about, you know, Kevin Durant when they said he helped us make the trade when we sent him to Brooklyn. You know, he he, he did a sign and trade for us and did us a solid that ended up being Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, and Jonathan and, and in this time, you know, when they said, well, I, want, I want to go to Phoenix, the Nets, for whatever reason, said... Well, you've been a sweetheart, so yeah, we'll do that, even though it's maybe not the best deal for us. You know, I mean, the best deal for them might have been, you're not going anywhere. But at least according to Ramona, they were so smitten by the way he dealt with them, they said, okay, we'll give you what you want. So I think it might be a lot less Durant than it is Irving. When oh, this there's story no doubt. Told. I mean, our, our pal Nick Ferdell was quoted saying that Joe Sy. And Bobby Marks adored Kevin Durant. 
They did not adore Kyrie Irving. Sean Marks. Sean Marks, excuse me. Bobby Marks, I don't think, cared. Richard Marks, of course, was an 80s pop star. Yeah, Karl Marx gave us communism. Groucho Marx gave us comedy. And the word of the day, which today's is... Um, why are you pointing at me? Why would I know? Just the say word any of the word, because there is no word of the day. Oh no! You, I was waiting for the duck to come down. <laughs> Look it up, kids. It all happened in black and white. The man was a genius. Oh no, he's the, he's one of the funniest people in the history of humans. There you go. So a little tip from us today, just keeping cool because we're savants in the culture. Uh, check out Groucho Marx. <laughs> Damon and Ratto here on ninety-five-seven. The game brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full service banking, no compromises. <laughs> Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. Not only are we right here for you on 95.7 The Game each and every afternoon, Monday through Friday, we're on the interwebs as well. Head to YouTube.com slash 95.7 The Game. You can watch us live. You can see what's going on inside the studio. You can go back and catch any show any interview any conversation you might have missed throughout the day it is all archived there for you thank you so much for tuning in no matter how you tune in i'm happy to have you here ray is not i don't care whether you're here or not just leave us alone no don't just leave us alone it's the wrong message listen enjoy and on a day where we have that's absolutely no us, guests. That's fine. That's leaving on us alone. On a day we have no guests, you know, you want to call, you want to interact with the show, that'll be okay. 888-957-9570. Uh, I, I'll tell you, a guy who was supposed to join us this week but didn't due to unforeseen circumstances, shall we say. And uh, someone on the Otis Bird the Third chat line over on the YouTube page named Ahmad says, Would someone ask Damon if Michael Irving is coming on Monday or is 95-7 the game canceled him? No, we haven't canceled anything. We would love Michael to come back as soon as he is comfortable coming on back. For those of you who do not know, Michael Irvin was involved in a hotel lobby conversation that had NFL Network pull him off of their network's Super Bowl coverage. Seemed like something went wrong didn't didn't know what it was i'm not going to speculate as to anything that could have happened but he's on record saying he went back to his room alone i don't know what happened in that lobby but chances are it's on camera and michael irvin is so convinced that he didn't do anything wrong that he is suing marriott for a hundred million dollars did you see that today yeah He's suing Marriott for $100 million, the defamation of character, the business opportunities denied to him uh, during Super Bowl week, all the cancellations on him that he had to go through, and the embarrassment of looking like he might have done something wrong. Look, I'm going to tell you this. We weren't with Michael Irvin in that lobby. I don't know anything about him. I don't claim to know Michael other than the friendly chats that we have had on air and off air. Michael and I talk. Like, we've we talk on the phone. He'll call me on a random Sunday. It, it tickles me pink every single time it happens. Like, he's a legit, really nice guy who I really like. And we've kind of become very friendly. We, we send each other, our family send each other Christmas cards, Ray. We're on each other's Christmas card list. What more do you need to know? I don't. Anyway. Um, no, and I don't know anything about what happened. But I do know I like Michael very much, and the minute he's willing to come back is the very minute I'm willing to have him back. Yeah, I mean, and that's going to be a, probably a corporate decision anyway, so whatever. Yeah, Ray and I don't get to decide anything. No. I mean, so in other words, yeah, the, 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 the mention that we were going to cancel him is nonsense. We don't have the power to decide whether he comes on or not. Yeah, first of all, you think Ray and I are in the cancellation business? <laughs> we're, we're just, that's just not how either of us conduct business. As a matter of fact, uh, the more controversial a figure, the, the more I'd prefer to have them on today's show. It's called good for business. Within limits. Within limits. Uh, yes, within limits, I guess. Anyways, when you establish house credit, 
with us. It means something. So the minute Michael can come on back, we will certainly love to have him back. And if he gets $100 million, Ray, I'm guessing the Marriott points come with that, too. So, you know, maybe you and I will go, go, go together somewhere. I think at the old rate, that would be 10 billion Marriott points. <laughs> Did you see? I mean, look, you know, I was talking about what a great radio week it was here in the Bay Area. I mean, you had Tim Kawakami in studio with The Morning Show. Have you been listening to The Morning Show lately? I have not. Let me tell you, Bonte and Shasky returned from Philadelphia like they're brothers now. Like they totally bonded on their time away. And it got me thinking, Ray. Maybe some time alone. You and me. That's what we need. Maybe a little trip. Maybe a little romantic getaway for the two of us going somewhere. Can be sports related. Maybe not. What do you think? Maybe it's the our, maybe our souls would touch. <laughs> On this trip. Are you out of your... No, no, no. I already know the answer to that. You, me, maybe if Indiana's in the Final Four, like, we'll we'll turn it into, like, you know, we can't go to Philadelphia for the NFC title game. That's already happened. Maybe we'll go to some big, stressful sporting event for one of us, because there are no stressful sporting... Maybe maybe we'll go to the, the, you know... What's the Canadian football Super Bowl? CFL? Grey Cup. Let's go to the Grey Cup. You and me. You would never go. I totally, I'd go to the Grey Cup. I love Molson's. I like Canadians. Molson's down with poutine. Give me a Labatt's. I'm cool. Yeah, yeah. If if you when you say Molson, you're basically calling yourself a farmer. Nobody drinks Molson up there. What are you talking about? I'm from upstate New York. Upstate New York is Canada's backyard. Molson and Labatt's are all over the place. They own stuff, but that's not the beer they choose. It's it's the same thing. If you go to Australia, if you go to Australia and you order a Foster's, they recognize you immediately as a fraud. So what is the, uh, the Canadians would think I'm super cool beer to order, Ray? One of the local beers. Because they, it's, like, it's like the U.S. Like, if you want to be thought of as cool, you're going to buy one of the, like, from a local brewery, because everybody's got local breweries. We've got, the Bay Area alone, I think, has like 60. Let's go on a trip. That's so creepy, I can't even get my head around Let's it. go on a trip. How when you this? said romantic, you lost me. And I don't think there's any getting me back. Two hotel rooms on a Friday. By Saturday night, you might decide you don't need your own hotel room. Just throwing it out there. Here it is. This is... <laughs> Just throwing that out there, Ray. Okay. Two become one on Saturday. Now reel it back. <laughs> <laughs> it could be lovely. I mean, did you hear the way that the morning show was bonded? Maybe that's what Afternoon Drive is missing. I don't think it's missing anything. A weekend jaunt. A getaway. By the way... Go up to a game at Arco or something. By the, go to a you, Kings game. Light the beam. Did you happen to see who uh, D'Amico Ryans interviewed for his offensive coordinator job in Houston? It's back from Thailand. Yep. <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, I guess there's only so much you can do drinking in Thailand. I, I'm, I gotta be honest with you, I'm a little bit disappointed. I'm a little bit disappointed. If you're checking out with a one-way ticket to Thailand, I don't want you coming back here until you look like Tom Hanks in the second half of Castaway. I mean, I want you coming back disheveled. He wasn't long enough to come back disheveled. He doesn't know how to dishevel. I mean, he is. I mean, he is a professional pretty boy from the day from day one. Well groomed, well kempt. Even when he was agonizing on the sidelines in Arizona. Not a hair out of place. You buy a one-way ticket to Thailand, like, I want you to come back with with problems. A few problems solved, a few brand new ones out of nowhere. There's only one problem he ever had, and that was taking the Cardinals job. Did you see, though, who D'Amico's first hire to his staff has been, though? Cardinals defensive line coach uh, last year, uh, Matt Burke, has been hired as his first defensive coordinator. So maybe you got Matt Burke putting in good word for Cliff Kingsbury. Maybe. Although I have a feeling that the defensive coordinator on that team is going to be D'Amico Ryans. Oh, yeah. You're about as much of an offensive coordinator as you would be for Kyle Shanahan at that point, don't you think? Yeah. I mean, it just, I don't know. I think Matt Burke will be the guy who implements what D'Amico Ryans has told him to implement in ways that, you know, make D'Amico Ryans the defensive coordinator, too. Maybe we should do a week of shows from Thailand. 
You and me. Like the two of us riding an elephant together. Can you stop this? <laughs> I don't like any of it, to be honest with you. <laughs> That's the truest thing Rex Ryan ever said. I mean, do you think this is more uncomfortable than that lobby interaction? We have our own lobby interaction. Yeah. I, I don't know where you became fixated on Bonte and Chasky, but... I'm just... I, I can't help but notice the bonding that the two of them have gone through together. And I can't help but be a little bit jealous. Yeah, you can. You can absolutely help that. Aaron Rodgers is looking for light in a dark room. What's wrong with me for looking for love in the studio? Um... <laughs> I just want to make your laws for one as possible today. Um, Yeah, uh, I guess Aaron Rodgers was explaining the dark room. It sounds like uh, it's. It sounds awful. (laughs) The more the more he tries to explain it away, the worse it gets. It sounds like it sounds like it sounds like torture, where someone has locked you in a dark room. Yeah, it sounds like solitary confinement. It really does. Now maybe it works for him. I you know. Maybe he is the kind of guy who could use four days in a darkened room. That said, I don't think he's going to come to any conclusions about anything that he could not have come to in a well-lit room in his home. Because all you need, really, is just to be alone. You don't need to be in a dark room to enhance your judgments. In fact, you start losing some, some physical gifts, like the ability to focus your eyes on a point. For a while, look. This is this is absolutely the cry of someone who just got into experimenting with psychedelic drugs. That's what this is. It's exactly what this is. And here's the thing: I'm 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 not shaming that. Who would I be to shame that? I just described my sophomore year of college. I mean, there is no problem at all with a little mind expansion. But a little discretion along the way would probably be good when you're the face of a billion-dollar company that is the Green Bay Packers. Like, you go ahead and trip your balls off in a whatever foot-candled-powered room you want to, but you probably shouldn't do a Pat McAfee interview about it. Well, see, this is where I get off on the... get off of the Aaron Rodgers train. It's for a guy who has disdain for people who essentially mention his name, he's eager to put it out there and he knows that he's putting it out there because he is ultimately a guy who likes the attention for a guy who says he doesn't like the attention the easiest way to not get the attention don't talk right no he's definitely the i want to fight i want to fight no you guys hold me back please please hold me back guy yeah he doesn't want anyone talking about him as long as you're talking about him yeah that's exactly i mean that to me is it and uh, look if you need the attention that's fine but don't play the don't, don't talk about me because you'll always get it wrong. But now let me tell you. No, just go away then. You know, play football, do whatever you want. You know, move back to Chico. Knock yourself out. But if you don't want us to talk about you, don't jump up and down in front of our faces. Welcome to your four o'clock hour. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.